Hello, guys. Welcome to a great segment. <laughs> uh, we just, we love you. We praise God for you. Listen, today we're talking about voter mentality in the series on stinking thinking and uh, share the broadcast, broadcast, <laughs> share the broadcast, like and subscribe. I got Rick rolled on something like yesterday. What was that? Oh, no, it was the, um, it was the meme that Rachel had. She had it on your phone. That's one of those where you have a picture and then you have to turn it to read it like this. And it said, never going to give you up. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's horrible. <laughs> so, Kevin, there's some more that are printing for y'all if you want to. So, anyway, we just welcome you. Uh, yeah, buddy said, great job switching between the shots. You're a real MVP. Amen. So. Will Wagner says, I know that feeling, Pastor. Had, Will, have you lost that love and feeling between the generations like I just felt? That's amazing. All right, so we welcome you and uh, share the broadcast, broadcast. I about said it again. Broadcast, like and subscribe, hit the notification, and uh, we love you so very much. We're going to jump in. We've been talking about stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. Put it in the comments, all caps. Stinking thinking. But we're getting rid of that stinking thinking, and we're going to jump into some good biblical godly thinking, which is going to bring us to the best. So we won't be the worst anymore. We'll be the best. <laughs> Today we're talking about voter mentality. And uh, one originally I called this kingdom democracy mentality. Uh, and so, but I'm going to, I renamed it just to be simpler. Voter mentality is when we try to bring our vote into the kingdom of God. When we feel like we get to choose which commands we will participate in. Either Jesus is Lord of our lives or he isn't. One way or the other. But we shouldn't feel like we have a right to choose what we agree with, what we follow. He's either our Lord or he isn't. But I'll tell you that most people would say, yeah, that's right, Pastor. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do that and we shouldn't have that voter mentality. Yet, even though we all say that, we all have walked in it on some level. And we're honestly, if we're being honest, We've probably been operating in it more than we recognize and more than we realize. And as a pastor, I promise you, I have seen it rampant in the church, and I've watched it steal from people. And so we've been talking about this whole time in this thinking, thinking, what is God's plan and God's way? In John chapter 10, verse 10, in the Amplified, it says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So the way of God is to actually get abundant life to you to the full till it overflows. I mean that it is always overflowing in your life, but the ways of the world and the ways of the thief is to steal that. And how does he steal it? Well, we know from looking at the word that the battlefield is our minds. The battlefield is in our minds. And so the enemy, the devil comes and he tries to get us thinking the wrong thoughts, thinking in the wrong direction. He'll give us uh, these thorns of wrong thinking, stinking thinking, and all of a sudden we will see that the harvest and the fruit will be stripped from our lives. Let's look at this in Mark chapter 4. 
verse 18 through 19, it says, And others, talking about people, others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. In other words, there was the Word of God which is perfect and which will produce an eternal fruit in our lives, but others are the people that have thorns in their thinking, and these are the ones who have heard the Word, but the thinking of worry, deceitfulness, and desires. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, or the deceitfulness of worldly thinking towards riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So in other words, when we have stinking thinking, it's going to choke the harvest, the good things that God wants to get to us. He wants to get the greatest things to us, but we've got to be the kind of people that will say, Lord, I'm going to think like you think. I'm going to go after you. I'm not going to sit here and let this world tell me what to think and let a corrupted world teach me corrupted thoughts that then corrupts my harvest, corrupts my destiny, corrupts the fruit in my life. I'm not letting it happen. No, Lord, I'm going to go after your word. I'm going to see your word, and I'm going to walk in it. And the way that we're talking about today is a voter mentality, is a stinking thinking, and um, we want to get rid of it. We want to identify and get rid of it. Yesterday, uh, yesterday we talked about trophy mentality, talking about socialism is what does God say about socialism? What does God think about socialism? We looked at that. If you haven't seen that, click the link here in the archive and go back and tell us, uh, tell us, you know, in the comments how that's helped you, how it opened your eyes. But go watch that on trophy mentality. It's a big, big deal. And there's a strong point as you get to the end, as it unwraps itself and unveils itself. It's really, really cool. I had a lot of people afterwards, after the broadcast yesterday, tell me about that trophy mentality that when they got to those those points and they let it unwrap itself and build build itself, all of a sudden they saw a very strong point in there. We want you to know it so that you'll walk in the fullness of the fruit that God has for you. So just giving you a little bit of a look at today's, a democracy is simply a government run by the people or a majority rule generally by voting. Now, here in America, we've been raised in not a democracy 100%, but what's known as a democratic republic. So, we vote, we actually vote for people to represent the people. So, we have representatives. So, we have the House of Representatives. We have the Senate. The Senate. In other words, they will then enact laws and vote for us. That's a democratic republic. But demo the dem uh, democracy part of it is, or the voting part, is where we vote for them to represent us. And what that also tells us is anybody that's in that seat should not just give their own ideas and follow their own thinking. They should be a representative of the people. So in other words, one of the things that they should do is if the majority of their state they disagree with, but the majority of their state believes a certain way, they're not supposed to represent themselves or a party. They're supposed to represent the people. 
That's the way it's supposed to work. And if they're not doing that, we should know that they're not doing their job, and then we should vote them out. That's where the democracy comes in. So here in America, we've been raised in a democratic republic, and overall, we know how good it is. It beats socialism or a dictatorship all to pieces. But we can get way off when we try to bring democracy into the kingdom of God, which is actually a theocracy. In other words, it's not run uh, by the people, it's run by God. And it's not a voting thing. It's not where uh, the Lord opens it up for all the people in the kingdom to vote on what God should do. No, they, he votes and he alone votes. <laughs> and he has that. Why can he do that? Why is that good and why is that okay? Because he is perfect and absolute love and he is completely, absolutely holy and in him there is no darkness at all. So any choice that he makes is always going to be love. It's always going to be the best because that's who he is. So a lot of times he will ask us to do things that our limited knowledge or limited sight or our corrupted nature will say do something else. But because God's asking us to do it, it's always opportunity for increase. Write that in the comments right now. Whether you're watching live or in the archive, if God asks us to do something, it's always opportunity for increase. It's always opportunity for increase. Why? Because his love demands that it be the best. In other words, because he is perfect love, because he is perfect holiness, he is light, and in him there's no darkness at all, then you start to see that he can't give something that wouldn't be a blessing to you. He can't uh, be, bring something about to you, if you're listening to what he says, that would be a curse to you. It's never going to take you backwards. It's always going to take you forward. Now, we might not be able to see all of that, but that is who he is. If God asks us to do something, it's always opportunity to increase. Thank you for everybody that's you know, dropping the comments in there. I really appreciate that. All right, now... Um, ask them to refresh those comments, please. All right, now, one of the things that I want you to see is this. God's kingdom is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. And watch this. There is no one that has a stronger or more effective vote than God does. There's no one that has a stronger vote or a more effective vote than God does. And watch this, for us to think that we have a vote literally says, I think I know better than God. Now, why would I even suggest, hey, God, I think you ought to do this. Why would I even suggest that? Like he can't see it, like he doesn't know it, like he doesn't have the power to handle it all. Why in the world would I think that I can give him a vote that's going to supersede his wisdom and knowledge and his love? That's pride. See, it's pride for us to think that we have a vote in this. So now watch this because, well, I'm not trying to tell God what to do. Oh, don't jump too, don't jump too quick there. Quick draw, McGraw. Don't, don't be too fast. How about if God tells us to do something and we don't do it? What if he's given us a command and we haven't followed it? then what are we doing? We're voting. Well, I think I can do what I want. Well, I think I don't have to go to church. 
Um, that's contrary to what he said. When did you think you had a vote? Is he your Lord or are you your Lord? Just asking. So a lot of times, and, and what about I need to be patient and gentle and merciful and forgiving and not gossip and not blow the horn at somebody when they don't take off within two seconds of the light turning green? <laughs> oh, that's voting too? Yeah, that's voting too. That's actually saying I have a vote in this and I get to choose which ones I'm going to listen to and which ones I'm not going to listen to. That's having a vote. That's a voter mentality. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but what, let's watch this. A voter mentality is expecting to have the power and love of God flowing in our life while operating like God's kingdom is run by popular opinion or that we can debate with God and he will change our mind. So now watch this. A voter mentality thinks, I'm, I get all these good blessings from God, but I don't have to do it his way. I'll do what I think I should do. Now, wait a minute. Either God's in charge and he's the Lord. See, a lot of people want Jesus as a savior, but not many people want Jesus as Lord. And that's a big issue. A lot of people want Jesus as savior, in other words, save me, heal me, deliver me, you know, keep me out of trouble, protect me, do all of these things, but okay, but I want you to go and give this in the offering. Oh, yeah, hold on, Jesus. <laughs> I don't why. That's all I got. I know. Well, I want, you, uh, I want you to forgive that person. Yeah, but Lord, it's the principle of the matter. Yeah, the principle is I'm asking you to be in love. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I, I'm messing with everybody, including myself. I don't apologize. A voter mentality, let me read it again. A voter mentality is expecting to have the power and the love of God flowing in our life or the salvation of Jesus flowing in our life while operating in God's kingdom like it's operated by public opinion or that we can debate with God or do the parts that we only agree with and he will change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. Love is love. Holiness is holiness. It's who he is. He told us those things because they will bless us, not because they'll keep us away. You know, one time uh, the Lord asked me to go and to forgive somebody that had done wrong to me. So, this person had done something wrong to me, and most people, when I tell them the story, everybody's like, oh, ooh, God, that's bad. You know, and so this person had done something wrong. And then the Lord started preparing me for ministry. And he said, I want you to call that person up, and I want you to ask them for forgiveness. And I was like, eh, like Lord, I'll do what you're asking me to do, but, like, you were there, right? Like, you saw what, you saw what happened? You know, <laughs> you, you, like, I'm, I'm not thinking about this wrong, am I? Like, did I do, did I do something or was it him? <laughs> like, like, you were, you were there. Like, why am I apologizing again? You know, and um, that was kind of how the conversation went in my head. And uh, no, it wasn't you, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, he said, if it's me, I repent. And uh, no, it wasn't you. This was years ago. And I said, okay. And so 
the Lord said this. He said, I want you to apologize to them for holding it against them. I was like, ooh, that means I'm going to have to tell them that I held it against them. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. But, I, you know, by this time I'd learned not to have voter mentality with the Lord. And I said, okay. I said, do you mind if I take a little bit of time and I get my heart right? Because I don't want to call and say it but not really mean it with my heart. I see what you're telling me to do. Let me get my heart right. So I got my heart right on it. And I called them and I repented. And it honestly, it was one of the best things I ever did in my life. But logically it seemed like the most illogical thing I should ever do. It didn't seem like I had anything in the, you know, I, it didn't seem like I should have done that, needed to do that. It didn't seem like that at all. It just seemed like uh, it was illogical and all these things. And uh, what I could have said if I had a voter mentality is, Lord, no, I can't apologize. It's the principle of the matter. They need to apologize to me. That's what. That's the way the world would teach us to think in stinking thinking and the thorns. and But because I didn't take a voter mentality with the Lord, actually as I did that, it opened up one of the biggest blessings I've ever had in my life because of that conversation. God knew that. He knew how to get some junk off of me and to open up a, a fellowship again. And uh, But I had no idea. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of crazy when he asked me, praise God, that I just listened to a loving father who knows uh, what I need, and he had the best for me. He's so good. He's so loving. So a lot of times a voter mentality is trying to get the power and the grace and the saving power out of God. But then we, you know, and a lot of times when we're desperate, we'll tell them, I'll do whatever you want me to say. How come we don't carry that I'll do whatever you say attitude all the time to a loving father? And the reason is because we've had a voting mentality that we think we have options. And I want you to see this. So I did a series one time called Options. And the, and the key point of the series was this. We actually have options with God. He doesn't force us to do things. He doesn't make us robots. We have options. We can choose to obey him and love him or not. But as believers whose Lord is Jesus, we should see and operate as if we don't have options. So he gives us a vote to choose to be obedient. Remember, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good land. Not everybody's eating the good land because they're either not willing or they're not obedient. God gives us a choice to be obedient or not. But as believers, if we choose to not be obedient, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're, we're, and if we choose to only pick and choose which things we want to believe, but then as soon as we're challenged in our thinking or our doctrine or the preacher says something like in stinking thinking, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I, I've been wrong in this, but I don't, I don't think I want to do that. I don't think that's right. Well, is it the word or not? It's not what I'm saying. Am I taking you to the word on this? Am I taking you to scripture on this, which I'm about to give you a whole bunch of them. But the issue is, does the word stand as the standard or does our thinking stand as the standard? What we've learned and believed so far in our life, which one, which one is the standard? How we've thought up until this point or as soon as I see something in the word, I'm going to change it because I'm not going to give myself a vote. I won't have a voter mentality. 
All right, now, voter mentality is also taking advantage of our freedom of choice because God's not going to force you to do it like, like we have the right to do it. In other words, it's taking advantage of, I don't have to choose to do this thing right now or to give to this person or to forgive this person because I just don't feel like it. So in other words, we have a choice, but we're taking advantage of that choice like we have a right to do it. If he's our Lord, we shouldn't see ourselves as having that right. Oh, you're telling me to do something, Lord? Okay, period. That's the end of it. What do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it. What, oh, you want me to not do that? Okay, I won't do it. It's that simple. And when, when life comes down to that simplicity of what the Lord says, that voter mentality is a race, man, the harvest starts to abound because everything the Lord asks us to, to do puts us in a place of fertility. It puts us in a place of fruit. It puts us in a place of harvest. It's always moving us to the place of triumph. That's what he wants to do. Remember he said, I have come that you might have life to the full in abundance. Have and enjoy life. That's why I came. I came, Jesus said. But in or, and part of his plan is, I came to bring this to you, but in order to walk in it, you have to make me Lord. If you don't make me Lord, you won't walk to the blessed place. He said, and why do I want to be Lord? Because I want to hold you under my thumb? No, if I wanted to hold you under my thumb, I wouldn't make you. But I'm not making you. I'm going to give you that choice to choose in love or not. But if you choose it, you're going to be blessed. That's why I'm telling you those things. All right, now, he says this. All right, he says, I wrote this. Uh, voter mentality is taking advantage of our freedom of choice like we have the right to do it. Listen, we are bought with a price. We are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You are not your own. For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. In other words, in our actions, in our thinkings, we are called to glorify God. We are bought with a price. In other words, he gives us the choice to not walk that way, but we shouldn't even see it as a choice. We should not have a vote in the matter. Just because we are a child of God and a citizen of his kingdom does not mean that we are operating in kingdom ways or kingdom authority. So a, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times people will have a right to kingdom authority, kingdom power, kingdom salvation, but they don't exercise those rights because they don't walk in those ways. So imagine if I was in a country and I had, you know, let's say that I went to a country and I was, you know, in trouble, right? And let's say all I had to do was go uh, to the embassy, the United States embassy, and get their help, and I would get out of trouble. But let's say that I didn't go to the embassy. I didn't go on the path to the place where the authority and power was. Then I have no promise of having help. Now, what, what right would it be, or, or how right would it be, 
for me to sit there in the middle of my trouble and complain about how the U.S. is not helping me at all. When they've put the embassy there, all I have to do is get on the path and go do it their way and go ask for their help, and all of a sudden I'll have all the help that I need. But they don't even know about me over here because I didn't get on the path. See, when we don't do things God's way, we step out of of his authority. We step out of his power. But when we will do things according to the word of God and not put our personal vote in there, then we'll start to step into the place of his power, his authority. It would be so wrong for me to sit there and not seek out the ways that, that God has given me to get help. In general, God will let us do what we want to do, but what we do or act on will determine if we're operating in this kingdom or not, and whether or not we have access to His power and authority. In other words, God will let us do what we want to, but what we choose to do will put us in that place of power. He wants us to, to have all of His great things, but He will not make us do the things necessary to get there. He wants us to have all of the good things, but He's not going to make us go there. You know, think about this. It's kind of like this. If he gave us a debit card that had a million dollars on it, but then I went, I never took it to the store and utilized it. He's like, hey, child of God, my son, my daughter, I want you to have this. Go, utilize it. And then what if I just stuck it in my pocket and I forgot about it and I never used it? And then I blamed him for not having stuff. Right? For being in debt, for, for having, not having food in the refrigerator. How come you let me sit like this? And God, God would be like, I've given you a debit card. Go use it. See, he's given us his ways. we got to use it. He's not going to make us use it. You don't have to. But if, we'll do, if we will use it, we'll be blessed. So let me say that again. He wants us to have all of his great things, but he will not make us do the things necessary to get there. Why not? Because his kingdom operates on love. That's, that way, somebody that's operating outside of love doesn't flourish. Now watch this. This is important. This is very important. If somebody was operating outside of God and they kept on being blessed outside of his love, that person could destroy a lot of people and a lot of people's lives. This is part of the reason like with the Tower of Babel. In the Tower of Babel, they were operating outside of God, and he said, look, if I don't do this, they're going to end up destroying themselves completely. They're going to take themselves to utter destruction and probably the world with it. I can't let the world be completely destroyed because these men decided they want a vote. Okay, Someone who is out... Someone outside of God, since God is love. In other words, when they're out operating outside of love, they're operating outside of God because God is love. Love has everything to do with personal choices, choices to do the right things. He's not made us a robot. He's not forcing us. He's not holding a gun to our head. He says, look, make the choice you know, that you want. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want to. But I'm going to tell you that the choices that you make, they have a harvest. 
You know, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. In other words, there's a harvest based off of what you do. The wages of sin is death. In other words, you're going to get a salary that you don't want, but you can choose it if you want to. I'm just telling you that at the end of this road, you keep on down this road, there is lack, there is death, there's things that you don't want. So yes, you have a vote. But if we're going to operate properly in the kingdom with the power and the blessing of God, then we should look at God and say, why would I want a vote when you love me as much as you do and you can see everything? Why would I do that? All of a sudden, I'm going to tell you, when you get to that place, life gets easy. <laughs> that's when life gets easy. And that's why in Matthew 11, Jesus said, if you're weary and heavy laden, come to me. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How can he say that? Because when we turn ourselves over and make him the Lord, it truly lifts all of the burdens off of us. But when we keep a voter mentality, it literally puts the weight of those decisions on us. Let him make the decision. He can see everything. He's responsible, and he loves you with an everlasting love and an absolute love. Why not let him make those decisions? What's he going to do? Is he going to zap you for following his direction? No. He's going to bless you. He's going to say, look, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good land. I'm not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, for those who let me make those choices in my infinite wisdom and knowledge, God says. If they'll let me make these choices, I'll put them in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. He chose to love on us by giving us everything in Jesus. We now choose to love on him by giving him everything through the empowerment of Jesus. Now hear that. You can tell a person's character by what they do when they have absolute power in this world. When somebody has the power to do anything they want, what choices do they make? Right? If somebody is running, we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday. Look at what God did. He has absolute power over the whole universe. Romans 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10 says that we were enemies, we were sinners, and we were helpless. Helpless sinners, and even God classified us as his enemies. At that moment, what does any other person with absolute power in the earth do? just zaps the whole earth. Boom. I'm done. I'll make another one. I'll make some more look just like you. Right? And, and, you know, that's a, a line parents like to use. But uh, God could have done it. <laughs> God could have actually done that. I'll make a whole bunch more look just like you, and they'll love me. <laughs> he didn't zap us. Why? Because the same thing yesterday, we're not disposable. We're choice and precious. We're not just another brick in the wall to God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to throw them away. I'm going to give them the power to be fixed. And then in the middle of that, he chose to give away his only son. And Jesus didn't have to do it. Jesus could have said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and be crucified and die for a people that's going to be cursing me when I'm trying to love on them. Right? I, you know, I never fully understood that thinking and, and the power of what Jesus actually did until I started pastoring. 
I started pastoring, especially in the early years. I'm pastoring. I'm pouring my heart out to people. I mean, I'm pouring my heart out to people to help and try to serve and do everything. I am. I'm trying to give everything I have, and and I. It was like there were a few that were honoring and esteeming. But that was the minority. The majority was like, yeah, pass that. And they just, they leave at the drop of the hat. They didn't care. They wouldn't text. They wouldn't call. They wouldn't say anything. I'm pouring my heart. I'm like, Nicole and I are pouring our whole life into them and into the people. And they're just like telling lies, stabbing, you know, stabbing us in the back, doing all kinds of stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, this stinks. And the Lord was like, yeah, what do you think Jesus felt like? I was like, because I hadn't gone that far. You know, obviously, but he did. And, and here's the thing. I know that I didn't get it all right, but I still felt this way. I knew that I didn't, I made mistakes along the way, but I still felt like betrayed and hurt. And man, it was on my emotions and my fleshly emotions, my fleshly thinking, it was hard. And I had to learn how to give that over to God. But think about this. Jesus never did anything wrong. He actually did everything right. I did things wrong. I knew that I'd done some things wrong. I wasn't trying to, and they weren't like, I would say, super major things. It was just mistakes of learning and not being experienced and being a new pastor and things like that. I still have made mistakes as a pastor, you know, even in the last year, you know. So, it, so it's not that I'm perfect, but Jesus was perfect. And he was pouring out himself to love on people. And in that moment, he could have said, man, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, I don't want to. But he didn't. So when he had that choice, you can tell a lot about somebody's character and nature and the perfection of their love in life, that when they get the power, what do they do with it? What do they do with it? What does the CEO, I just heard a story. What does the CEO do when he has the power to give himself a raise? What does he do? Does he take it every time? Sometimes he should He should take that, and he should be blessed by it, right? Sometimes. But a lot of CEOs, they take it every time. They never deny it. They never, you know, the company may be in a shambles, but they don't deny it. I heard a great story uh, not long ago of, of a CEO that actually, that actually denied a raise. I was like, praise God, you know. I've done that. I've done that here a couple of times, you know, multiple times. And uh, no, I want to sow into the ministry. I want to sow into that. See, what do you do when you have the power to do that? You know, look at look at some of our Senate and Congress. You know, yeah, we're getting you know the whole country is hurting and reeling and uh, trying to survive, and they're closing down businesses all over the country, and they're giving themselves raises in the middle of it. It's not right. It's not right. It's the wrong heart. So, what does that tell us about God? who had absolute power and chose to give himself. That is a proof of character. Put that in. God has proof of character. God has proof of character. If you read those verses that they put in up there, Romans 5, 6, 8, and 10, when we were at our worst, that's when Jesus died for us. He has proof of character. That should tell me that if he's got proof of character, and it's not just, it's all over the place. God has proof of character. If, if he has proof of character, then I should be able to trust anything he tells me to do. 
Because I don't have the proof of character that God does. We don't have the proof of character that God does. But God has proof of character, and it's lasted now for thousands of years that we have recorded. God has proof of character. We should be able to trust Him. Now watch this. He said, He chose to love on us by giving us everything in Jesus. Romans 8.32, it says, He who spared not His own Son... Right? In other words, if He gave us His Son, His only begotten Son, how much more will He give us freely all things? In other words, He has proof of character by giving us His only child? How much more will, how much more will He freely give us all things? God's not withholding things. God's trying to get things to us. And if He gave us everything through Jesus, we now have the choice... To love on Him by giving Him everything through the empowerment that Jesus gives to us. In other words, Jesus, empower me to give you everything. That's the choice that we need to make. So see, we really need to vote once and then drop the voter mentality. I make you Lord. And that's the last vote that we have. After that, it's what do you, what do you want me to do, Lord? I'll do it. He has designed His kingdom to function and be empowered by love. John 14, 21 in the New Living. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Hear that. Those that accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Therefore, proper kingdom operation is taking the leading of God and moving on it. The leading of God, not voting on it. I take His leading, and that's the end of it, and I move on it. Anything not generated from God is not of His kingdom. If God didn't, if He's not the origin of it, then it's not of His kingdom. Any idea, any action, any plans, any strategies, any habits, anything... If God's not the origin and the source of it, it's not of His kingdom. When it comes to really living an abundant life without knowing Him, without relationship, we really have nothing. If it, if it, if it come, when it comes to abundant life, if, I, if I'm not hearing from Him to be obedient, if, if I'm not hearing what His vote is, what His choice is, then I don't really have anything if I don't have that relationship. Here's some important points. One, His kingdom is what it is. It doesn't change because it's already perfect. And in it, in His kingdom, He is the King. And because of His great love, what He says is always going to be perfect and best. So now I want us to see that. We're not going to change His kingdom. We're not going to change Him. His kingdom is what it is. It doesn't change. It's, it works the way that it works. He set it up to function a certain way. We don't have a vote in it. We don't have a better idea. It's, it is what it is. And so you're not, you know, well, I don't like that it tells me uh, to do that. It doesn't matter what we like or what we think about it. It is what it is. And who are we to tell the, the creator of the universe what we think on it and what we think is better? Where did we get the very smarts that we're touting? If we have any wisdom, that came from Him. He was the one who gave the wisdom. He already knows what you think. He already knows every idea like that. Why do we think we need to 
have a vote in that. Why don't we just say, Lord, you said it. I'm doing it. Done. <laughs> Done. I'll tell you, it's interesting because this is something for me, I think not everybody thinks this way and not everybody operates this way. But for me, this has actually been an area that is easy for me. This is, I don't have any issue saying yes, sir, to him as soon as I know that it's him. And now, my flesh might not want to do the thing he's asked me to do, but as far as in my core, it's easy for me to just say, yes, sir. And uh, that's how I was raised, and, and my life has you know, continued in areas that make that an easy choice for me. I understand not everybody has that, but that is something that I can say has been one of the biggest benefits in my life is that it was easy for me to say, this is your vote, Lord. I don't have a vote. Let's do what you're saying. And, and as I did that, the simplicity of life took the pressure off. Like when I know that he's made a vote and he's given me a direction, it takes the pressure off. It's easy. It's the easy button. All right. In, important points. Number one, his kingdom is what it is. It doesn't change. And because of his great love, he's the king. And because of his great love, whatever he says is always going to be perfect and best. Two, the earth's ways and the earth's governments may change, but God does have an opinion on what works best, and he does have an opinion on who he wants in certain places or in certain offices. In other words, there's you know, governments, the ways of the world, they change, but God has an opinion on how they should change. But it's up to us to actually enact what God says. Three, our life and our way of governing our life may change. And God does have an opinion on what's best for it as well. Praise the Lord. I don't want God to not have an opinion on my life. I want his wisdom. And praise the Lord. In James chapter 1, it says, if I, if I lack wisdom, I can ask him. He'll tell me his wisdom. Think about that. The creator of the universe will share wisdom with me. He'll share wisdom with you. All we have to do is ask him for it. And he says, I won't rebuke you. I won't correct you for asking. I'll, I'll just give you wisdom. And he says, and you can have faith that is coming. When you ask me for wisdom, you're going to have wisdom. Glory to God. The creator of the universe in, in with all omnipotent wisdom, he knows everything, all powerful wisdom, omniscient wisdom, and all power, all knowing, that God who loves me will share what he knows with me. Wow! And then what arrogance for us to say, but you know, I think you need to know this. Or, or yeah, you say it that way, but I'm still going to do this, this over here. See, that's an arrogance and a voter mentality that will put us in a patch of thorns and completely choke out some of the fruit. Why would we choose any other way? Colossians 1.17, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. 2 Corinthians 4.18, In other words, God holds everything together. If I don't want my life in shambles, I need God in the mix. I need his vote, not my vote. And he'll hold those things together. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, what we would vote on, but at the things which are not seen, what God would vote on. 
For the things which are seen are temporal, or they're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They'll stand, they'll hold. See, at Babel we see that there's a cap on any situation that God's not involved in. There's a cap on it. Why would I want to bring up my way that's going to be limited? Why not just receive the unlimited thoughts of God? 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. He, if we will take Jesus by the hand, He will always lead us to triumph. His love demands that He always leads us to triumph. Why would I try to say, no, Jesus, let's go over this way? <laughs> Why would I do that? The following are not absolute examples but they may, I, I want to give you these examples that may highlight a voter mentality. Voter mentality sometimes sounds like, I know I should do this, but, and fill in the blank. <laughs> I know I should, but, I know I should just forgive them, you know. Or, I just can't forgive them. Yes, you can, because he told you you should. It, you can. Don't let the world teach you that you can't do what God has told you to do. He's granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. If he's granted you everything pertaining to life, then he's granted you everything and every resource you need to choose life, to choose him, to choose his vote. Lord, here's another uh, example of voter mentality. Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this. <laughs> like, like we have a say in the matter, you know. We're trying to put pressure on, on God. Here's another. I'm going to do my idea because it's best for me. Like this is best for me. So I'm not going to listen. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've sat in over the years. And people are like, okay, yeah, yeah, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. But this is the best for me, so I'm going to go this way. The exact opposite of what the Bible says, but it's best for me. Why? Because we think we have a vote. It's a voter mentality. Listen, this kingdom is not a democracy. Here's another example. Uh, this can highlight, I don't know the last time I actually heard from God. That is a troubling statement because that means there's no fellowship. And generally our hearing from the Lord is turned up or turned down based on how we received the last thing. So if we hear from God and say, okay, yes, I'll do that, then we actually start hearing from them better. But if we hear from God and we say, no, I'm not going to do that, we literally sear our conscience, which is searing our receptivity to the things of God. Here's another example that we might have voter mentality. Lord, I ask you for provision, but bring it this way. <laughs> Lord, I'm asking you which, which vehicle I should buy. But please choose this one because I really like it and it's got the stuff on it I want. <laughs> Lord, I, I'm asking you for this car and uh, what, can, I, can I get it in a loan? You know, maybe he wants you to, you know, to have a loan that he's going to pay off next week. Maybe he doesn't. But the question is, do we even ask? Generally, we don't even ask because we don't want to hear his vote. We just want it and we want it now. Here's another. Lord, please stop me if this is not of you. <laughs> please stop me. Lord, I'm going to do this, 
I, I'm, I'm doing this. Stop me if it's not you. How about we hear from the Lord before we start doing this, right? In other words, what we're really saying, a.k.a., I really want to do this, God. Please tell me I'm right. If I don't hear it this way, it must not be God. <laughs> See, all of these are indicators that we're bringing our vote into it. All right, here's another one. I'm going to vote this way because I or my family has always voted this way. Oh, what does God think? Does he have a vote in who you're voting for? Is he your Lord or are you your Lord? Which Is your family your Lord? Is a party your Lord? Okay, moving on. I'm going to vote this way because it benefits me most. Uh, says who? Says who? What benefits us most is hearing God's vote. That's what benefits us most, always. It always benefits us most. See, a lot of times people are, like in voting situations, like in elections here on the earth, a lot of times they're voting for how their life will be the best served, but not necessarily checking with God to see which one is the most godly, which one is actually going after you. Not what the news is saying, not what the pundits are saying, not what the candidate's saying. What is their record? What is, what is the experience that they've shown Right? What actions have they taken? And what, which one lines up more with this, not based off of what popular opinion is, their actions, the fruit of their life actually lines up more with the word. Which one's more godly? That's what God's already said about that. He's already shown us how to vote, is which one is more biblical. All right, now watch this. So when we say, I'm going to vote this way because it benefits me most, we're putting a vote in God, over God's vote. This, here's another example. This way is the most logical, so I'm going to do that. Well, God will tell you stuff that's not always logical. I, I've many times been super blessed because I didn't take the logical choice. You know, one time, some of you know the story, the Lord literally filled our whole building with blessed stuff because I didn't take the logical choice. Here's another one that shows voter mentality. It is a statement sometimes we say when we think we have a vote. Well, God gave me, God gave me a brain, so I'm going to use it. That's not necessarily a bad statement until you use your brain and don't check with God what his opinion is. Here's another one. And sometimes he's already said it a thousand times, it seems like, in the Word, but we don't want to listen to that portion of it. You know, let, me, let me give you an example of this. Well, um, God gave me a brain, so I'm going to use it. Okay. Um, I'm going to use this brain because my logic tells me that what you're telling me to do, to believe on God by faith, is something I can't see so my brain is giving me logic to say, live by what you see. Well, see, the thing is, God's already told us not to do that. He said the just will live by faith, not by sight. In other words, the just will live by some illogical things. The righteous people of God live by some illogical things. It says preaching will look foolish. So some people will say, now watch this. Some people will say, listen, don't tell me I don't have faith. I did have faith, and it just didn't happen. God says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will have what you say. Either God's lying or you are. And I got my money that it's not God. 
right? And so they'll say, don't tell me I have little faith. That's so cold. That's so heartless. No, that's exactly what Jesus said. And he wasn't cold and he wasn't heartless. Actually, love was correcting and rebuking. But see, now here's what I want you to see. God gave me a brain, so I'm going to use it. I'm going to choose what they're saying. is I'm going to choose logic instead of choosing faith. And what they do is they take the vote in their life away from God, and they vote for themselves. In other words, who's on the throne? And so you can see some of these situations where people will say, all right, they would never say that I outvote God, yet they outvote God with their actions and with their thoughts instead of choosing to go God's way or even asking him. The question is, are we asking him? Are we talking to him? Are we allowing him to have a vote? Here's, here's another couple of examples. I have my own relationship with God. I don't need to go to church. You just outvoted God. Because God already told you, don't forsake the assembly. You need the body. You need to go to church. You just outvoted God. You said your opinion is more important than what God has said in Hebrews 10. I don't need to get in the Bible or church. I'm, just, I'm doing just fine. You just outvoted God. It's a voter mentality. It's a thorny way of thinking, a stinking thinking that's still in fruit in our lives. Ultimately, if we are in voter mentality, we are not even giving God a vote. Hear that again. If we're in voter mentality, we're not even giving God a vote. Or if we do give God a vote, if we're in a voter mentality, we are vetoing his vote for our own ideas. Right? So how are we supposed to operate in his kingdom? Seven things. Number one, accept Jesus as Savior to receive our citizenship. If we want to get in his kingdom and get in his blessings, the first thing is we've got to be a citizen. We do that by accepting Jesus. Two, receive the filling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By being filled with the Holy Spirit, we have access to the way that God will communicate with his people in full, not just a piece of it, but in full. Three, accept as a child that his ways always work best and are always for our good. Accept that as a child. Four, get to know him and his character through relationship, through a fellowship with him. Prayer, the word, worship, and church. Five, listen for his voice. Don't just walk through life thinking he's never going to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Six, when we know it's him and the timing is right, move on it without question or hesitation. When we know it's him, move on it, and we know that the timing is right. Two things, what to do and when to do it. When we know both of those things, move on it without question or hesitation. Let his vote stand. Seven, stay in faith and patience. Know now that our actions produced something in the spirit, and let patience have its perfect work. By faith and patience, we inherit the promise of God. In other words, when we move by faith, something happened. We might not can see it right at that moment, but something happened. Let patience have its perfect work, right? One of the things that I want you to see, 1 Corinthians 6.12 said, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So now, here's the thing. A lot of times when we feel like we have a vote, it's lawful and legal for us to choose our own path, to choose our own way, but that doesn't mean it's profitable. 
See, we have a vote, but we should not act like we have a vote with God because of his great love and his great plan for us. His way is always the best for us. So let's choose his way and not take his vote away. But let's give our vote away to him and hear what he says. When we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. We'll be blessed with all these major blessings in our lives. God wants to bless you. Put that in the comments right now. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless me. Amen. One of the things, I do want to bring this up before we leave. And so sometimes you do see situations where God wants you to vote. But these are not situations. These are situations that God gives to us. For example, Abram. Remember when God wanted Abram to step in between? God's looking for people that will be an advocate, just like he wanted Jesus to be the go-between between himself and mankind. He wanted Abram as a type and shadow of Jesus to do that same thing. He said, I'm going down to this city. And he allowed Abram to give his vote. Lord, if there's 50 righteous, if there's 30 righteous, if there's 10 righteous, Will you save the city? He was given Abram a vote. And watch this. It's, it's, it's less of a vote and more of a partnership. It's a partnership. He always wants to partner with people. He did the same thing with Moses. He, he, said, he said, Moses, this is what I feel like doing. I feel like wiping these people all out. And Moses steps in between and says, Lord, please don't do that. And I, I imagine God was sitting there just smiling at Moses as Moses stepped in as a partner with God and the people of God. And he gave Moses some words and some things to say. In, in other words, he filled Moses' heart with a compassion for the people. And then Moses, as a representative of the people, started praying for the people as their representative. He was in intercession in between the people and God, and God gave him, in a sense, a vote. God wants to open up partnership to us. But here's the thing. I've had a couple of opportunities where the Lord's asked me for that. What do you want to do in this? Now that's when we can have a vote, when he opens it up in that way. And I remember thinking, Lord, what I want to do is whatever you want to do. What you're leading on it, I want to do that. I handed it right back to him. And I said, this is, he said, you can do whatever you want to. Either way, there were two choices. You can say you can choose either one. He said, one of them will be more profitable for you, and one of them will be less profitable for you, but more profitable for somebody else. I said, Lord, to me, the one that looks like it'll be less profitable to me, but more profitable for someone else looks like you. And so I gave my vote right back to him, although he let me choose that because he's looking for partners. Partnership's different than voting, though. A voter, it's different from a voter mentality. Okay, look at this. He wants to unleash heaven on us. Put that in the comments. God wants to unleash heaven on me. Glory to God. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to unleash heaven. Genesis 12, 2 and 3, he says to Abram and to everybody that will become a believer by faith and receive Jesus by faith, he says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I'll bless those who bless you. 
And, I'll, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. <laughs> Glory to God. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out heaven on us. He wants those things to happen. But listen, heaven comes to us. The blessing comes to us always by operating in his ways. We don't get to the blessing of heaven and the blessing of God by operating by our own vote. We get there by operating in his ways. When we operate by God's ruling, we will find ourselves in the right place at the right time, doing the right things that will work, that will hold together, and that will not fail. When we give our vote to God. Lord, you have my vote. Whatever you want me to do, you have my vote. And when we do that, we'll be in that right place at the right time. Doing the right thing that'll work. It will not, it will not fail. It'll hold together because God wants to bless you. So I want to encourage you today. Give God all of your options. He, his character is proven. His, the results and the fruit is proven. And we're just talking about here on the earth. We still got all of eternity to watch the blessing play out. I'm just telling you from experience what I've seen so far on the earth. It's so awesome. He's so faithful. He's so good. And truly, if I've taken him by the hand in the past, he's always led me to triumph. And he'll, he'll lead you to triumph as well. The first step of walking in those blessings is to be a citizen of his kingdom or if you've been a citizen, renew that fellowship with him today. So I want you to pray with me right now. Just say, Jesus, I give you my options. I won't have a voter mentality and try to bring democracy into a theocracy. I give you my vote. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. And I know that anything you ask me to do will be opportunity for increase. And I ask you to bless me. I believe in your love for me, that you took my sins on you, that you took it to the cross and the grave, and I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God raised you back to life. If I've had anything in my life, any sin, any voter mentality, that stood in the way, I just confess it to you right now. And I ask you to forgive me. And by faith, I receive that forgiveness. I have it now. I'm free, I'm whole, and I'm full of life. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire so that I can live the way you want me to live. Today, my fellowship with you is new, and fresh and alive in you. Last thing, Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Let me hear what your vote is so that I can choose it and live in willingness and obedience and eat the good of the land. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. 
If you prayed that today and it meant something to you, I want you to send us a note. I want you to tell us. Go to whatsright.com and say, hey, I prayed the prayer today and it meant something to me. I needed to pray that prayer. Tell us your testimony about it. God is looking to bless you. You know, we're blessing people all over the world and all over the country and all over the city and state because of the blessing of the Lord and with the good news of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to be a part of that, you're welcome to. Join us and partner with us, not only in finances, but also by sharing the broadcast, by liking it, by subscribing to the channel, hitting the little bell, get notifications when we go live. That really helps us. Even when you make comments, that actually helps us. But then what you can also do is you can go to giveww.org. And when you go there, you can give one time or you can give uh, repeatedly or you, with Cash App, Cash Tag Give WW. Or Facebook, you can type in the comments, hashtag donate, followed by the amount. Uh, you can text to give. You can give on PayPal, give by Bitcoin. Whatever it is that you want to do or that you feel the Lord leading you to, you don't have to. But there are some that people, most people, God's going to talk to and tell them, Hey, I want you to sow in here. And this is one of those moments where we have to decide, am I giving God my options or am I going to listen to his vote? I'm not going to bring my vote to it. Lord, what are you telling me to do? Here's one question. Have you even asked the Lord if you should give today? Have you even asked him, Lord, should I give today? Should I give today? A lot of times people don't even ask that. They don't even seek the Lord. They just assume they shouldn't or they assume they should. Don't assume. Seek the Lord on it. But I can tell you, the Word already tells us this, that if somebody shares the Word with you, you should share with them and that ministry. It gives us in context that thought. If they're sharing the Word, you should be a part of it. And what you, you're feeding spiritually, you should share uh, with them materially. It's very plain. Actually, it, it tells us in Romans that we should see that as an obligation, as a debt that we owe, in a sense, we should see that. So thank you, Kevin, for sowing that seed right there on Facebook. And so for everybody that's sowing today, I just want to pray over it. I want it blessed. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let the supernatural blessing of God hit the seed that they're sowing today. Lord, let your supernatural heavenly multiplication Hit that seed and multiply now in a big harvest and let it be quick in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for it. I praise you for it. Let it overflow, be pressed down, shaken together, and overflow into their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you so much for being a part with us. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for receiving. Thank, listen, I want to thank you for taking up a kingdom mentality. Not, not a stinking thinking mentality, but a kingdom mentality. When you actually say in your heart, Lord, I'm not going to have a voter mentality with you anymore. I'm going to hear your vote and apply your vote in my life. When you do that, you help advance the kingdom. It starts in the kingdom immediately surrounding you. But if you keep doing that, it'll start to advance the kingdom in much larger ways. And so for making that choice today, thank you. Because you just advanced the kingdom of God and you just advanced the kingdom of our Lord. And thank you for that. That is a great and mighty thing. We praise God for you. Tomorrow is going to be a great, a great one. Let me pull it up and tell you exactly what it's called here. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about 
identity theft and identity theft mentality. This is a huge one. This is huge. Identity theft mentality. Are you ready? I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. Here's Barry. Thanks for being on with us today. We will be back tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. here on Lunch Plus. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and sign up to be notified when we go live. We won't blow up your phones. We won't do all that stuff, but we do want you to be aware anytime we do go live because it's always, well, most always the word of the Lord. Sometimes it's us eating pie. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be great. But we want you to sign up and get notified. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can like our page, all that good stuff. And you can go to what's right, W-R-I-G-H-T dot com and sign up for our email newsletter. So that way you never miss out on anything going on. And speaking of things going on, did we happen to mention it's Easter this weekend? How we got here so fast, I don't know, but I'm so excited for it because we get to celebrate Jesus. We get to celebrate him all the time, but this, this is special. This is us coming together, celebrating the resurrection of our King because he lives, you live, we live. It's, oh, it's gonna be such a good day. We're gonna do free family pictures. There's gonna be an Easter egg hunt for kids. We're really excited about it, 10 a.m here at Boomerang in Albemarle, North Carolina. If you don't have a church or if your church maybe isn't open yet, we want you to be able to come and worship Jesus freely assembled as the word tells us to do. So if you don't have a place yet, come on to Boomerang. It's going to be great. We love you. We'll be back tomorrow talking about identity theft. It's not a joke. We're going to be here tomorrow at 1130 talking about it. We love you. Have a great Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday.